It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Odyssey's 49ers web zone, No Huddle Podcast. I am Brian Rennick. I am joined by the legend, Al Sacco. And we have a special guest today. I'm going to bring him in right now. We are thrilled to welcome probably one of the hardest working uh, individuals in the podcasting game, uh, Mr. Brian Peacock, half of Peacock from Locked On 49ers, also of Williamson and Peacock NFL show. And uh, Brian, thank you so much for your time. It's, uh, it's awesome to have you on with us. Oh, it's uh, it's a pleasure. The the legendary Al Sacco. I love that introduction you guys uh, gave me there. You guys. Sorry, there's a, a fire truck going by just now. I don't know if you guys could hear that. It is freezing cold where I'm at, by the way. So I had to have my tea for this one for an afternoon podcast uh, to warm myself up from the inside. Um, yeah, fantastic to be, be on with you guys. I appreciate it. It's good to have you, man. You know what? Yeah, I haven't talked to you in a really. I haven't talked to you in a really long time, Brian. But. I think one thing I just I always want to ask you is how do you find so much shit to talk about every day? Like it's really hard to do two shows a week and you're like every day. Like how do you do it? I I I was really reluctant to start doing the locked on thing it, way back in its infancy. Um, I was doing a podcast one day a week with my guy, Nick Winkler. It was called Gold Faithful, and it was just something we did at work. We already worked at a radio station, so we would jump in the booth after work and and record a podcast once a week, and it was not very serious or anything. And, you know, it was like, but the podcasting thing is like, you know, this this could be better. It could be bigger. How, how do I do it bigger? And right about that time, um, I reached out to David Locke, who was doing the, the, the Locked On Network, and I saw that that was happening. And we talked a little bit and i was like man because this is january so this is january 2017 it was uh, i started the same week that kyle shanahan and john lynch st- started with the 49ers so that's when i started nice. doing on. and it was the beginning of the off season uh and i made it the draft and everything and i was thinking this is not possible you can't do a podcast every single day in like june I'm like how is that even possible but i i took it on and I started it, and I'm big in the draft, so that wasn't going to be a problem. But I was a little bit worried post-draft. And it turns out that, especially with the San Francisco 49ers, and especially the last couple of years, it's been <laughs> a breeze because there's always something. And yeah. even the unforeseen stories, like you already know there's going to be a quarterback thing brewing when they trade up in the draft, right? So you know that's yeah. going to last through an entire offseason. But then the Brock Purdy stuff now, and it's just the team that keeps on giving. It's It's got to be the best team in the NFL to cover right now. It never stops. The content never stops. That's funny. We actually started this show. It was when the Niners remember Earl Mitchell was like one of the first free agent signings of this this regime. Yeah. That's when we started. It was like that week. I remember I did a conference call with Earl Mitchell and then we did the first show after that. So yeah, it was like 2017. We've been we've been this way too long. Way too long. It's crazy. We're gonna talk about in the show parallels, right? Brian's got some good stuff about Shanahan and Walsh and Peacock, I was thinking, I'm going to call you guys by your last names, I guess, because there's two Brian's right now. So I don't. And I'm, I'm and we're both, and we both spell it correctly as well. That's the big thing. Yeah, that's what makes it. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's going to be Rennick and Peacock for the rest of the show. But uh-huh. anyway, so we're thinking about parallels. And I'm thinking about this Brock Purdy thing, right? Colin Kaepernick jumps to mind for me, and not in the sense that they're the same quarterback because they are not. They are very different physically. Obviously, Kaepernick is a, is a freak physically, but the parallel to me is in 2011 when Kaepernick took, took over, he brought something different than Alex Smith did. 
Smith was mobile, but not to Kaepernick's extent. But Smith did not throw the ball downfield. And Kaepernick comes in and all of a sudden he has this big arm and there's bigger plays to be made. And it changed the offense. And I think especially because the defense was so banged up in the playoffs that year, I'm not sure they would have had enough firepower with Smith to make the Super Bowl. If they did. Uh, maybe who knows what would have happened. That's kind of my theory on it. So this year you look at the Niners had originally moved away from Garoppolo, we know because of the injuries, but also because they needed more out of the offense. There weren't those big play abilities and they wanted to get somebody who could do that. So you bring in Lance. But the issue is that Lance has been hurt, too. So we go back with Garoppolo, and this team's been really inconsistent scoring all season and driving me crazy. And then Purdy comes in. And what we've seen since Purdy's been here, he's still making the intermediate throws that Jimmy did, but there's these bigger plays down the field. And it's not that he has this cannon arm or anything. He's just willing to take shots. And it's changed the offense. Listen to this stat. The Niners have had 20, I'm sorry, five touchdowns of 25 yards or more in the last two games. They had seven in the previous 12. So it's definitely changed things. And, and, I, and I think that could be a big sort of way to catapult them maybe into another Super Bowl. So, so Peacock, what do you, what do you, am I crazy with this parallel? Does it make sense to you? No, it makes perfect sense. And, and I've said that recently, and I don't know what it's going to look like tomorrow with Brock Purdy, but all I know is what we've seen so far with Brock Purdy is he actually, it's crazy to think that the 49ers season rides on the shoulders of a seventh round rookie quarterback but he actually gives them the best chance to win based on what we've seen if he keeps playing that way. I don't know if he's going to keep playing that way. I'm not projecting that to be the case, but if he plays the way he has been, because yes, he's taking the layups that Kyle Shanahan presents in his offense and getting the ball out to all the playmakers that the 49ers have, but making some second reaction plays, getting out of the pocket, on the move, making throws. Um, he's got those aggressive eyes that my co-host Eric Crocker on Locked On 49ers likes to talk about. He's he's willing to to see that, that uh the touchdown to check down is Steve Mariucci always says, right? He's he's willing to take a peek at the bigger play and and give it a and give it a shot. And 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 it's it's becoming more and more clear now watching the 49ers offense and really it had a chance in the same season to watch three different quarterbacks now operate Kyle Shanahan's offense. And Jimmy Garoppolo clearly does not have those aggressive eyes and doesn't want to take some of those shots down the field and Brock Purdy is more than willing to even though he doesn't have a bigger arm he does throw a pretty ball and it's a pretty catchable ball and he's made mm -hmm. some throws that weren't great there was the um, the interception in the uh there was uh what was that was it to Iuk the interception down the right sideline that he threw and it wasn't like really a back shoulder it wasn't really over the top it was kind of just like inside you know it wasn't really oh, a the great arm throw. punt the arm punt yeah. against Miami yeah, the fourth yeah. down one yep right yeah um yeah. And but it's, he's willing to take a shot. And, and that's what we're seeing. And so he's he's doing a little bit of both. And I can kind of see some parallels there to where and actually I just watched the 2012 uh, playoff game against the Packers with, with you know, with <laughs> Colin Kaepernick runs for 178 yards yeah. or whatever it was. And, you know, I, it looks a lot different if if I don't know if it would have been better or worse or whatever in any of those games. But the way that they got to the Super Bowl, it's almost like and you can't do this with quarterbacks, but I would have liked to see Alex Smith play in the Super Bowl, but I don't know if Alex Smith would have gotten them to the Super Bowl if he was quarterback in all the games either. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, and for the 49ers, they don't have a choice because it's just Brock Purdy, but if he keeps playing like he has been, he's giving you the layups and he's giving you the big plays too. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, Al, Al texted and said, hey, here's some of the things that I wanted to talk about, and one of them was this parallel. And so I, I wanted to look it up as well and be like, is there a parallel? And and again, with us and some of the stuff that we're going to look at later kind of blows my mind in terms of like just the, the parallels and how it's like, how does something like this happen? 
But Colin Kaepernick came in in 2012 when Alex Smith went down and and started the, the final seven games of the season. Brock Purdy is also going to get seven games to end the season if you include Miami being a, a, what amounts to a full game since he came in after the first drive of the game. And uh, Kaeper, uh, Kaepernick ended up going five and two, uh, and he threw for 1,814 yards, had 10, inter- or 10 touchdowns and three interceptions, uh, took 16 sacks. That was the, the one that was like, ooh, that's, that's tough. In seven games, you're talking about two sacks a game. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's tough. Uh, but then also added 415 yards on the ground and five touchdowns. And when you look at the games that he played, in those seven games, the only team that he ended up playing that was also ended up being a, a playoff team that season was the New England Patriots, who he absolutely put a show on against. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Purdy has played Miami, is likely a playoff team, but but it's not guaranteed right now. He's played the Bucks, who despite <laughs> despite what's going on there, I have I have a hard time believing the Panthers are going to end up as the NFC South representative. So I imagine that the Bucks will. Not that they're a good team, but that's still a playoff team. And then the Seahawks. So three weeks in a row, he's playing teams that have playoff aspirations. And then a fourth week in a row against the Commanders, although theirs took a big hit after last night's loss. Uh, and then he ends the season uh, against the Raiders and then against the Cardinals. So in terms of parallels, they're going to play the same number of games. Uh Kaepernick ended up five and two so far. Purdy is three and zero, oh, uh, but Purdy is playing, in my opinion, kind of stiffer competition. And then the other thing is you got to think of it this way. I mean, Kaepernick averaged one hundred and thirty nine and a half yards per game in those seven games. Purdy is already averaging more than that. He's averaging over two hundred. So different offenses for sure. The one thing that that I think is different for Purdy than was for Kaepernick is that he's he's really just. Kyle Shanahan wants, and we've said this before, he wants a, a quarterback out there where he can just mash his controller buttons like Madden and 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 make the throws that he wants him to make. And and Purdy is doing that for him in spades. the 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 biggest thing that Purdy adds that that I would argue Garoppolo doesn't. I don't even need to argue. Garoppolo doesn't add this. Is like you said, Brian, that that escapability, that mm-hmm. the the plays that he extends with his legs. You know, you can think of. Uh, against was it against the was it against the Seahawks that that naked boot where he juked the defender and got the ball out? Um, that's not anything that Garoppolo is going to do. 2017 Garoppolo, possibly post ACL injury Garoppolo, absolutely not. We just haven't seen it. So it is it is crazy that there are those parallels, and and obviously we know what happened with Kaepernick at the end of that run. They ended up in the Super Bowl. So. Hey, fingers crossed. This is the same for for Brock Purdy. It's just that you know you uncross those fingers once you get to the Super Bowl because you're hoping for a different result. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the 2017 Jimmy too because I went through in uh, I was maybe in the off season to go back and watch some of those things because I wanted to see what Jimmy really looked like versus what we'd seen, especially with injured Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs last year. And yeah, I, I think the the number one thing I took away from that is there's way more. Um, lower half going on with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think that affected his ability to throw the ball down the field too, is because he's not got as much lower half. And he's, he's always been really quick with that, you know, the hips and just kind of like snapping off those throws with the upper body, but there was even less. And so you could see him move around a little bit more and 27 Garoppolo looked a lot more like, I think, 
2022 Purdy that we're seeing now. And Purdy's got a little bit more athleticism getting out of the pocket, I think, a little bit. But he's not a super fast guy. He's not going to go make big runs or anything like that. Right. Um, but it, it, it there was definitely a different vibe to the 2017 Jimmy. And I think maybe even a little naivety to it. And, and maybe it's just a pared down version of Kyle's offense where not maybe not everything is thrown in on a quarterback, which we, we've seen hasn't necessarily made these quarterbacks better either so there's so many factors going on here with different players different skill sets um how kyle uses them and the only takeaway really i have right now is that it pays to go from somebody else's offense to kyle shanahan's offense but we're seeing we're we've yet to learn if it pays to spend a long time in kyle shanahan's offense so that's why you know next year i want to see a better if like we get to see a better version of Purdy than we've already seen, or we get to see that whatever we expected and hoped for Trey Lance in the future. Uh, I would love to see that, but um, that's probably the one reservation I have with Kyle Shanahan is like, okay, well, where's the where's the growth for these quarterbacks? Because they show up and they look amazing, but we haven't seen them get better really yet. And right, I don't know if there's even I don't know if there's even a reason for that, or if that's just you know a small sample. Uh, thing that doesn't exist, but that's that's definitely something that I, I've really started to wonder about with Kyle Shanahan because clearly his offense is awesome and he makes things easy on quarterbacks. Somehow, when they show up, they play well. Mm-hmm. But w- w- I haven't seen I, c- I can't think of anybody except for like you know year two well, Matt Ryan and, and and like big growth in yeah. Kyle Shanahan's offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the one that sticks out where that was that. 2016 Falcons offense is kind of like that's what you, that's what you want. That was like the pinnacle yeah. of Shanahan's offense. Ryan really took that jump. The big thing to me that stuck out, I think, the most about Purdy because he's not physically the most gifted guy in the world. But Brian, you mentioned like Shanahan wants to just kind of mash that X button or whatever, right? Throw it here, throw it, throw it there. He seems to have the smarts to do that, and he's got yes. poise and he's got moxie. And the thing with the Seattle game. So you watch the game, and there were a couple plays that jumped out, but you know, it wasn't not like he put up 45 points. But when you look at what he did, Seattle's been a house of horrors for the Niners, and it's tough for anybody to play there. He went into Seattle injured with a hurt oblique on a Thursday night. And yeah, he had that one pass that should have been picked. He's a seventh-round rookie in his third game. That's, those things are gonna happen. It happened once, right? It was maybe he had one or two bad throws. Other than that, he was really good. So to go in there and do that at that point in your career. It just it gives me so much confidence. And you just think he's going to keep getting better and keep getting better. And the thing, too, that really is sticking out to me is that Kyle seems to have confidence in him. So, Brian, you brought out the rollout. I believe that was third and one, third and two, something like that. It was towards the end of the game. And mm-hmm. he's got the option there. He could either dump it off in the flat if it's there or run. If it wasn't there in the <laughs> flat, and he got the first down. This is, a, again, a seventh-round rookie with in his third start, essentially. Here, go do this. Like for Kyle to do that, you saw in the first game when he came in, he threw 37 times. So Kyle really trusts him to do that. And you have to feel it's it's premature to talk about because this could all go to hell in the next few weeks. But going into next year, if this continues and they make a run, like you said, Peacock, we're, we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about because we're going to be talking about a quarterback controversy. 